Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of the Commander's Contingencies podcast, where today we're going to talk about two new secret layers. LGSs will now start, will soon start to get secret layers, an Adelie's the Cinderwind deck and a Krenko mob boss deck tech. And the, ca- and the card of the week will be Arcane Lighthouse slash Detection Tower. Let's get into it. So I'm going to start off by saying that I have decided that from now and in the future, I am going to start to categorize my decks. Uh, in the past, I've just gone over the cards in the card type sections, and I don't think that's really a sufficient way of presenting the information to you. I think it's much more clear, much more understandable if I put them in categories based on function in the deck. Clearly this depends on the deck, how exactly I will organize them, but that's the thing I'm gonna do from now and in the future. Uh, yeah. Uh, next up is, there is another secret lair coming out on March 9th, 2020. So it is a Women's Day secret lair and all it has prominent uh, female figure figures in the at for the cards so it has five legendary creatures captain sisse una queen of the fey marin of clan neltoth saskia the unyielding and narset enlightened master they are all foil it is fifty dollars and wizards of the coast will donate twenty five dollars to the world association of girl guides and girl scouts um so that's i don't know exactly what girl guides is but i'm pretty sure that it's just related to girl scouts um there is also it was designed completely by females in wizards of the coast so that's pretty cool uh it is on march 9th 2020 for 50 dollars. it is a pretty good value and just like every other secret layer, it's good value. All right, there's another secret layer. So this secret layer is just has four different Thalias. Thalia is one in a white, and you can, and your opponents have to pay one more for their non-creature spells. Uh, and they're all foils and different arts, and it is thirty dollars March twelfth. 2020. Um, sorry, I should read for the International Women's Days the cards. Captain Siste is two green white for a 2-2 legendary creature, and it says, tap, search your library for a legendary card. Reveal that card and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Una is three hybrid blue-black, hybrid blue-black, hybrid blue-black for a legendary creature fairy wizard with flying five five x blue hybrid blue black choose a color target opponent exiles the top x cards from his or her library for each card of the chosen color exiled this way put a one one blue black and blue fairy rogue creature token with flying on the battlefield marin of clan neltoth is two black green for a three four legendary creature human shaman 
Whenever another creature you control dies, you get an experience counter. And at the beginning of your end step, choose target creature card in your graveyard. If that card's converted mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have, return it to the battlefield. Otherwise, put it into your hand. Uh, Narsen Enlightened Master is three blue, red, white. For a 3-2 first strike hexproof legendary creature human monk. And when Narset Enlightened Master attacks, exile the top four cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-creature spells exiled with Narset without paying their mana cost. Saskia the Unyielding is black, red, green, white for a 3-4 Vigilance Haste. As Saskia the Unyielding enters the battlefield, choose a player. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. These cards are all very iconic and played a lot. Uh, this, These are great reprints, and these commanders are played a lot. A lot of people are probably going to be getting this. Uh, next up is... So, there's an article now that uh, local game stores will now be receiving secret layers. Honestly, this is really confusing to me because what it says is for some secret layers, if your LGS is a Wizards of the Coast premium retailer, basically that's just certain if you meet certain requirements as a and you have registered to become that, then you get one of certain secret layers. Now, the main one of the reasons for this is one of the biggest criticisms of Secret Lairs is it does not help local game stores. So I guess they're trying to decide to figure out a way to give local game stores the Secret Lairs. But then they're giving premium local game stores one. It doesn't really make any sense. Um, I don't know exactly what is happening with that i don't i maybe i'm just missing something maybe there's ranks higher than premium and you get more but really if you're only giving premium lgs's one that's gonna barely increase the supply and barely help the game stores i mean they only have one so they're probably not gonna want to sell it for cheap i don't know it just seems really strange to me and makes me think, why are they doing this? Is this just a publicity stunt? Has some kind of trick? I, I doubt that that's it. Alright, so real quick, I'm going to explain the Commander Quest. So, the Commander Quest is my eventual goal in building all these decks. So, I'm building like roughly 300 decks with no overlap in cards. So eventually I will have built decks with every single card in Magic that is legal in Commander. That is my eventual goal. That is what I'm working on. And that is what these decks are a part of. So if you're like, why isn't this card in there? It's because it's really limited. And I'm trying to balance these for this scenario. 
I'm not balancing them for play. I do when that's possible. And I do want them to be as close as possible to playable, but I'm trying to make all of these decks that. And that's really difficult. So it's not any type of competitive deck. Now I'm going to get into the decks. So I'm going to start off with an Adelie's deck. Adelie's the Cinderwind is one blue red for a 2-2 legendary creature with human wizard. Flying haste. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. So the goal of this deck is to play out a lot of wizards, then play a lot of instants and sorcery spells, and attack my opponents for a lot really. So let's get into the categories. So first category is prowess slash wizards. So cards that are cheap and either have prowess or are just wizards. What? So prowess, if you don't know, is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. So basically it has the same effect as if it were a wizard. It just means I can run things with good, enough, good effects that have that instead of wizards because it's almost the same effect. All right, first is Gitu Lava Runner. Gitu Lava Runner is red for a 1-2. Creature Human Wizard. As long as there are two more instant and, and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, Gitu Lava Runner gets plus one, plus oh, and has haste. This is good. Um, it It's a wizard, so it'll get pumped. Plus, I'm likely to have those, so it's basically just a 2-2. A Monastery Swift Spear is red for a 1-2 Human Monk, Haste Prowess. Wing Crafter is blue for a 1-1 Soul Bond. When You may pair this creature with another paired creature, unpaired creature when either enters the battlefield. They remain pair for as paired for as long as you control both of them. And as long as Wing, wing Crafter is paired with another creature, both creatures have flying. So it's just a wizard that can give other wizards flying so that I have evasion. So with Adelie's having it and Wingcrafter having it and one other creature having it, that's a lot of evasion. Uh, Abbot of Carol Keep is one in a red for 2-1 human monk with prowess. Whenever you, no. When Abbot of Carol Keep enters the battlefield, exile the top card of your library. Until end of turn, you may play that card. So either it's draw, so when I'm trying to play a lot of instants and sorceries, I can play more, even if I happen to dud and not draw that, draw the, draw another, another instant or sorcery. Or I can just use that to get more wizards in the early game. Sadly, because this deck is sort of split, it's got some instants and some creatures, and I want to cast them separately. I'll not always be able to profit on that as much as I would in a nor in in the average deck. But because of the fact that it's a wizard, it synergizes really well in the deck. Alchemist's Apprentice is one in a blue for a creature human wizard one one. Sacrifice Alchemist's Apprentice, draw a card. Burning Prophet. 
burning prophet is one in a red for a 1-3 human wizard. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, burning prophet gets plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn, then scry 1. So it's a wizard and it gets pumped, which will allow me to deal a lot of damage. Uh, Gitu Chronicler. Gitu Chronicler is... It also lets me scry a lot. One and a red for a one, one three creature human wizard. Kicker, three and a red. You may pay an additional three and a red as you cast the spell. And when it enters the battlefield, it was kicked. I may return target instant or sorcery card from my graveyard to my hand. So either it's just a wizard I cast early game, or I can use it to get back an instant or sorcery. So that is great. Careful study is just faithless looting, but without the flashback. So it's blue for a sorcery. Oh, yeah. And it says draw two cards, then dis two, discard two cards. It's great. Although technically faithless looting is the other way around. But you get the idea. It's close enough. Crash through is red for sorcery. Creatures you control gain trample until end of turn and draw a card. Obsessive Search is blue for an instant. Draw a card, and it has madness. If you discard this card, you may cast it for its madness cost instead of putting it, in, putting it into your graveyard. Overmaster is red for sorcery. The next instant, instant or sorcery spell you play this turn can't be countered by spells or abilities. Draw a card. Quicken. The next sorcery card you cast this turn can be played as though it had flash. Draw a card. Stream of Consciousness, blue for tribal instant wizard. Target creature gets negative 4, negative 0. If you control a wizard, draw a card. Warlord's Fury. Red for a sorcery. Creatures you control gain first strike until end of turn. Draw a card. You have to keep in mind, every single instant or sorcery spell we cast gives our wizards plus 1, plus 1. Which is great. Basically, I'm just looting and I'm getting more instants and sorceries into my hand, which I can use to make it bigger and bigger. If you remember, Adelise is one blue-red for a legendary creature human wizard, 2-2 two, two flying haste. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So I can just cast all of these instant and sorcery spells and get more instant and sorcery spells and keep on going through that cycle and just pump my wizards a crazy amount. I did the math on this deck. If I try and go off on turn six, I can have roughly five creatures and I'm probably gonna end up with about six, maybe even more sorceries. If you think about it, that's just killing a player on like turn six. And then with all this draw and all this recursion, I can just do it again. This is very similar to a Shuyun deck where you could just kind of kill a player. But if your opponents aren't being too aggressive, you can just wait. You could just look like you're doing nothing except for casting a couple of wizards and then just come out and win. All right, next up, next category we have is pump. So pump are just cards that pump my creatures individually. It's just a way to get a little bit more damage through. Borrowed Hostility is red for an instant. Escalate. 
Three, pay this cost for each mode chosen beyond the first. Choose one or both. Target creature gets plus three plus zero until end of turn, and target creature gets gains first strike until end of turn. I will almost definitely not use the first strike, but it is possible because it is instant speed. I might need to use that in order for one of my creatures to be able to kill another creature and survive. So that's a good functionality, but most of the time it is just plus three plus zero. Bull Rush is red for an instant. Target creature gets plus two plus zero until end of turn. Coordinated Soul is red for an instant. Up to two target creatures each get plus one plus zero and gain first strike until end of turn. Distortion, Distortion Strike. Blue for sorcery. Target creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. Rebound. If you cast a spell from your hand, exile it as it resolves. At the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast this card from your exile without paying its mana cost. Again, these are all the same idea. I'm just putting extra power on my creatures so I can smash my opponents for more damage. Beaver Charm. Beaver Charm is red for an instant. Choose one. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. Or target creature gets plus two plus zero until end of turn. Or Fever Charm deals three damage to target wizard. If I ever feel like killing my own wizards for some reason, I might do that. But I can either give my wizards haste, which can be useful in a niche scenario if I have a lot of mana when I'm going off and I'm unlikely to draw more cards, I might want to do that. But uh, most likely, I'm just going to give target creature plus two plus zero. Uh, Watley's Spurring is red for an instant. Target creature gets plus two plus zero until end of turn. If you control a Watley Planeswalker, that creature gets plus, o, plus four plus zero until end of turn instead. So I do not control, I do not have any Watley Planeswalkers. And I know what you're thinking. I've done this a lot in multiple of my decks. I have just gone around the obvious synergy of a card. And there are plenty of other cards that I could put in this slot. Why didn't I save this card and just put it in the Huatli deck? Because if you think about it, the synergy this card has in this deck by being, by simply being an instant and pumping my creatures is greater, is more than it would have if a Huatli were in the deck or on the field. I don't care how many Huatlis there are. I think there's only like three in Magic. So there is no way that I could build a deck that would want this card more. Of course, not exactly. That would want this card more within the limitations I have. Obviously, there's a lot of caveats to that. But you get the idea. So yeah. That is why I'm going around the obvious synergy. Because the obvious, syn obvious synergy doesn't increase the card's power level to from the usual amount to the card's power level now as much as it does in this scenario. Uh, Piracy Charm. Piracy Charm is blue for an instant. Choose one. Target creature gains island walk until end of turn, or target creature gets plus two, negative one until end of turn, or target player discards a card. This is great. First of all, island walk can be good evasion if I need it. Second of all, plus two, negative one is probably what I'm going to be using. I can just pump my creatures with a small toughness downside. And if I really need to kill an opponent's creature with one power for some, with one toughness for some reason, I can do that. 
and I can also make target player discard a card if an opponent has one card in hand. Uh, seething Anger is red for sorcery. Buyback 3. You may pay an additional 3 when you play this spell. If you do, put it into your hand instead of your graveyard as part of the spell's effect. And target creature gets plus 3 plus 0 until end of turn. So, basically, if I have extra mana, I can keep on casting this over and over and over again to get more of an effect. Most likely, I will not cast this more than twice, but maybe in a rare scenario. Next up, we have Storm Chaser Mage. So, that was most of the category. Cards that just can do a lot. Like, they just kind of add damage from the pump from the commander, and they add damage through pumping my creatures. But these ones are creatures that are both wizards and have prowess, or they basically just get plus two, plus two every time I cast a non-creature spell, or an instant, or sorcery spell, rather. Now, not exactly. The exact way that that would work is variant on which card we're talking about. Um, but first we have Storm Chaser Mage, blue, red for 1-3 flying haste prowess, human wizard. So, pretty simple. It's two mana, it's 1-3, it it's wizard, so it gets pumped by, by Adelies, and it has prowess, so it gets pumped by that. Simply gets plus two, plus two, uh, from an instant or sorcery. Even Wind Mage is two and a blue for two two bird wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Even Wind Mage gets plus one plus one until end of turn and it has flying. So whenever I cast an instant or sorcery spell, it gets plus two plus two. We Dragonauts is one blue red for a one three flying fairy wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, we Dragonauts gets plus two plus one until end of turn. So with the commander, it gets plus three plus one. That pumps up quick. Dragon style twins is three red red for three three double strike prowess human monk. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. So this one doesn't actually get plus two plus two or plus three plus one. This one gets plus one plus one, but because of the fact it has double strike, it will deal that damage twice. Obviously, there doesn't work exactly. That's not exactly how the rules work, but it is a similar enough parallel for me to group, group it together. All right, next up, we have the lands. I'm just going to go over them really quickly. We have 18 islands and 16 mountains. We are overall running 37 lands. Uh, we have a castle embreath which is a land, and it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a mountain. I control 16 mountains, so that is pretty likely that I will control a mountain. And it has tap add red, and one red red tap creatures you control get plus one plus so until end of turn. They also have contested war zone, which is a land. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, that creature's controller gains control of contested war zone. And tap add one to your mana pool, and one tap attacking creatures get plus one plus so until end of turn. So those two are the same, somewhat. They just allow me to tap them and give my attacking creatures plus one, plus oh, which helps me get a lot more damage through. 
Contested Warzone, although it can change controllers, doesn't, it probably will not, you probably will not lose it. And if there is a significant threat of that happening, you can just wait until the turn that you are going to go off to play it. Uh, next up, we have Riptide Laboratory. Riptide Laboratory is a land, and it has tap, add colors to manipul, and one blue tap return target wizard you control to its owner's hand. Because I have so many wizards, and because I have a couple of ETBs, this is quite good. And if one of my wizards decides to get removed, or something similar, if this just gives me an easy way out. Alright, let's get into the next category. So the next category is full of instant and sorcery cards. And th that's, this category is extra damage. So extra damage are instants or sorceries that just allow me to deal some extra damage to my opponents directly. I don't know how better to phrase that. I'm just going to use the cards to explain it. Alright, Forked Bolt is red for sorcery. Forked Bolt, bolt deals 2 damage divided as you choose among 1 or 2 target creatures and or players. So it deals damage to my opponents and maybe their creatures if I want. Um, Lava Spike is red for sorcery arcane. Lava Spike deals 3 damage to target creature or planeswalker. Wizard's Lightning is two and a red for an instant. This spell costs two less to cast if you control a wizard. And wizard's lightning deals three damage to any target. So these just deal damage to any target in most cases. And I will either do that to them, their face, or I will do it to their creatures if I want to get through or just their creatures really need to be removed. Either way, it just helps me kill them. So, that is that. Next is a really helpful category. This category is cast plus one. So you might be wondering what the heck does that mean? So cast plus one are cards that effectively make it so that the cards, the number of cards that I cast within that turn is another one. So if the number of instant and sorcery cards specifically so, if you read Adelie's The Cinderwind, it is one blue, red for a 2 2 legendary creature, human wizard, flying haste. Sorry. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus 1 plus 0, 1 until end of turn. So, basically, I only, ca I only factored in power in this cast plus 1 uh, category because that's what I mostly care about. So, it basically, is cards that just make my creatures bigger so I can attack. Or it's cards that are cast twice. Uh, it's a really diverse um, category, but it just makes it so that effectively my creatures are plus. It's basically the effect is as if I had cast an additional one, an additional instant or sorcery spell from one card. Again, still not great at phrasing things. Alright, Banners Raised is red for an instant. Creatures you control get plus one plus zero until end of turn. Flame Jab is red for an, or sorcery. Flame Jab deals one damage to target creature or player. Retrace, you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other costs. 
So these are two of the most classic examples of how best to do this. Banners raised simply pumps all of my creatures, and flame jab I can cast multiple times. Technically with retrace I can cast it over and over and over and over again, so maybe it should have gone on cast plus two, but it still works in this category. It is just a thing that I can cast again and then my wizards will get even bigger. Geist Flame. Geist Flame is red for an instant. Geist Flame deals one damage to target creature or player, and it has flashback. Three in a red. Uh, so I can just cast it from my graveyard and exile it. Uh, Hearth Charm. Hearth Charm is red for an instant. Choose one, destroy target artifact creature, or all attacking creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn, or target creature with power two or less is unblockable this turn. So, there are a lot of different ways to do this. I can either destroy target artifact creature, that is really niche, but sometimes necessary. Uh, I can either pump all the attacking creatures, that is the most likely thing to happen, and that is what's equivalent of cast plus one. Or I can give target creature with power two or less unblockable. And, yeah, that seems really bad. I'm only getting two damage through. But the thing about that is, I can I can know that that creature is power two or less right as I'm casting this spell. It's not when it's attacking, right? So basically, that creature can get much bigger. Although that is still really difficult because Hearth Charm is declared as cast before it resolves. So my wizards would get pumped first, meaning that my my creature would effectively have to be one power in order to do that but again in most scenarios the best option is to simply pump everything next up is lava dart lava dart is red for an instant lava dart deals one damage to any target flashback sacrifice a mountain so again i can cast it again and then exile it this is great because it doesn't even require mana the second time it simply casts it twice I just have to sacrifice mana, which, if I'm going to win that turn, I don't really care. Maximize Altitude is blue for a sorcery. Target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains flying until end of turn. And Jumpstart. You may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a card in addition to it paying its other costs. Then exile this card. So... Basically, I can cast it twice, and since it's only one mana, that is easy to do. We have another one, Maximize Velocity. Velocity. It is red for sorcery. Target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains haste until end of turn. And Jumpstart. You may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a card in addition to paying its other costs. Then exile this card. Next, we have Mystic Speculation. Mystic Speculation is blue for sorcery. Buy back two, pay an additional two as you play this spell. If you do, put this card into your hand as it results. And you can scry three, look at the top three cards of your library, then put the any number of them on the bottom of your library, and the rest on top in any order. So this is good for many reasons. First, you are probably not going to buy back this multiple times in the turn that you are going off to win. Second, buyback cards are a great way to pump out some damage before you're deciding to go off. I can just spend three or six mana when I'm not quite ready to go off 
and I can give them a creature's plus two plus two and just deal a little bit damage so it's easier for me to kill everyone in the future. Or I might even be able to kill someone. This is really helpful and it just means that I can bring it back as many times as I want. So early game I can cast it if I don't have anything to cast. It is very useful. Searing touch is red for an instant. Buyback four. You may pay an additional four as you cast the spell if you do put this card into your hand as it resolves. Oh, also, it's really helpful to scry. Just as a late note. Uh, Searing touch deals one damage to target creature or player. So this is again a little bit of extra damage and I can cast it multiple times. It's the same stuff as Mystic Speculation, except it costs two more mana, so it's not quite as good, but it still is good. Alright, Weapon Surge. Weapon Surge is red for an instant. Target creature gets, you control, gets plus one, plus oh, and gains first strike until end of turn. And it has Overload, one in a red. You may cast this spell for its Overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So each creature you control gets plus one plus oh and gains first strike until end of turn. So that's good. And it's only two mana. Next we have Whims of Volrath. Whims of Volrath is blue for an instant buyback two. You may pay an additional two when you play this spell. If you do, put it into your hand instead of your graveyard as part of the spell's effect. Change the text of target permanent by replacing all instances of one color word or basic land type with another interactive turn. So this is really, basically I'm just playing it because it has buyback and it's only three mana. Really, and I'm almost, and I'm basically guaranteed to have a target for it. That target being an island or a mountain because I could just turn my island into a mountain. And if I really want a land fix, I might be able to use it for that reason too. Um, so basically I could just bring it back and cast it over and over again to give my wizard to get my wizards bigger and I can use it in the earlier turns too. Next we have Dreadhorde Arcanist. Dreadhorde Arcanist is one in a red for a creature zombie wizard. Trample. Whenever Dreadhorde Arcanist attacks, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanist's power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. That card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Next we have Is It Guild Mage? Oh, sorry, I forgot to talk about this card. So it'll get really big, and when it attacks, I can cast another instant or sorcery spell, which can then make my wizards bigger. And it's it's quite good. Uh, I mean, just being able to cast something for free that I wouldn't have been able to, and it gets pumped, it's amazing. And honestly, a little bit of a stretch to include it. But I was relatively conservative. I'm not sure exactly how conservative I should have been. Uh, next is Is It Guild Mage. Is It Guild Mage is hybrid blue red, hybrid blue red for a 2 2 creature human wizard. 2 and a blue, copy target instant spell you control with converted mana cost 2 or less. You may choose new targets for the copy. And 2 red, copy target sorcery spell you control with converted mana cost 2, less, two or less. You may choose new targets for the copy. 
I just realized now that this is in the wrong category. This does not count as it being cast, but with all the other cast plus ones, well, all the ones that pump at least, which actually is quite few, I can duplicate that spell. So while it is still amazing in this deck, the categorization of it is not perfect. Next we have Archaeomancer. Archaeomancer is two blue blue for a creature human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand, and it's a one-two. So not only is it a wizard, but it can also bring back an instant or sorcery, which is wonderful. Naru Meha, Master Wizard, is two at two blue blue for a three-three. Legendary creature human wizard with flash, and when Narumeha, Master Wizard, enters the battlefield. Copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy, and other wizards you control get plus one plus one. So, uh, this just made me think of a topic I meant to bring up. So, a popular combo for this deck is the dual caster mage and some type of copy target creature that's on an instant or sorcery effect. Now, Narumeha sort of works with this. Now, I didn't include that combo in this deck, and the reason is I already used my dual caster match. It was in another deck, and that's one of the issues with this challenge. I'm not perfect, I don't have perfect knowledge, I don't know when am I going to need this card in the future? And when can I do this stretch? So I thought maybe I could change it, but then I was like, no, I would like to avoid that as much as possible. And while yes, it would be a nice combo to have, it is simply not necessary. Uh, Narameha is also great because it pumps my, cre my wizards by plus one plus one. And I can copy an instant or sorcerer spell, which is great. So... I can either get plus from copying my stuff, so if I copy something that pumps my creatures, it will work, or I just take it because it pumps my creatures, and it doesn't require any mana on the turn I'm going off, which is quite helpful. Next is Anarchist. Anarchist is foreign red for creature human wizard. When Anarchist comes into play, you may return target sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. This is great. It's just another way to bring it all back. Next is Is It Cronarch. Is It Cronarch is three blue red for a creature human wizard. When Is It Cronarch enters the battlefield, return to get instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. That is great. Uh, it's just another way. It's another wizard, same as Anarchist is also a wizard, and it just makes it so I have more. So that's the category. You get the idea. It's just cards that allow me to get a little bit more juice out of the cards. All right. Next category we have is cast plus two because it was along the same idea. Next, the one, the first card there is Dyna Charge. Dyna Charge is red for an instant. Target creature you control gets plus two plus zero oh until end of turn, and it has Overload two and a red. You may cast a spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing target with each. So each creature you control gets plus two plus one until end of turn. 
So this is just a great way to pump my creatures by a lot. Next, we have Rites of Initiation. Rites of Initiation is red for an instant. Discard any number of cards at random. Creatures you control get plus one plus zero until end of turn for each card this discarded this way. This is an amazing win card. Win card. If I just have four cards in hand, I can discard four cards and my creatures will get plus five plus zero. Oh. It is going to be difficult to not win if I cast this spell. It just makes me win. And you know what? If I win, I don't care how many cards I have in hand anymore. I'm just properly utilizing the resources to go towards the end of the game. So if you think about it, this, this card isn't even a downside. This card is amazing. Uh, it is very, very high risk. If your opponent decides to Cyclonic Riff you after you've done this, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you lost. Uh, but you have to remember, the thing on the line is winning the game. So it's almost always worth it. Next up, we have Haze of Rage. Haze of Rage is one in a red for sorcery. Buy back two. You may pay an additional two as you cast this spell if you do put two Put it back into your hand, sorry. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus zero until end of turn. And it has Storm. Whenever you play this spell, copy it for each spell played before this turn. So I could probably cast this once or twice after I've cast all my other instant and sorcery cards. But that just means my creatures will get plus one plus zero until end of turn for every single card, every single spell I've played before it this turn. Which is insane. If I just cast three, then my creatures get plus three plus zero, and then I cast Haze of Rage, and my creatures will get from plus three plus zero to plus seven plus zero. And then if I decide, you know what, I'm gonna buy it back and cast it again, then suddenly they're at plus twelve plus zero. It just pumps out so so much damage. And just helps me pull out the win. Alright, we are down to the last card. I just categorized it as instant because it's not really with the other categories. It's just removal. It's Wizards Retort. One blue blue for an instant. This spell costs one less to cast if you control a wizard. Counter target spell. At the end of the day, it's just a counter spell. Uh, sadly, I can't really profit from my wizard's profit getting pumped and it's not really perfect so i mean it's just a counter spell and it's not really playable anywhere else because anywhere else it's canceled so that that's why it's in here all right that is the deck uh i expect that if you play this it will work out surprisingly well next up we have a cranko mob boss deck now as I, I just noticed recently, well, I have so many, I just built two tribal decks. I wanted to, in the beginning of this challenge, not just build a lot of tribal decks and say, oh, I got all the creatures. That's kind of cheap. Um, and yeah, that's right. I do agree with what I said before. 
And I am keeping that mentality. I just, I, I never said I don't want to make any. I just said that I don't want my main plan to get rid of it to be tribal because that will be really redundant and really boring. So that's the idea. Um, and I do think I might try and cut down on tribal a little bit, but at the end of the day, it is a really good way to get unplayable cards out of the way. Franco Mob Boss is too red red for a legendary creature goblin warrior. Tap. Create X11 red goblin creature tokens, where X is the number of goblins you control. So, uh, yeah. I just double my goblins every single time that I tap it. That is really good. Um, so this deck is kind of like any Cranko deck, except I took out all the untapping shenanigans and I just replaced it with a whole lot of goblins. I literally have 58 goblins in this deck. Actually, technically that's not true because I categorized certain cards that just made goblins, like sorceries that make goblins, I categorized those with it. Uh, but in my mind, I have 58 goblins. That's a lot of goblins. Uh, the only cards I don't that aren't goblins I have are goblin support. Brightstone Ritual, red instant, add red to your mana pool for each goblin in play. Quest for the Goblin Lord. Red. Enchantment. Whenever a goblin enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a quest counter on Quest for the Goblin Lord. As long as Quest for the Goblin Lord has five or more quest counters on it, creatures you control get plus two plus zero. Oh. Goblin War Party. Three in a red. Sorcery. Create. Choose one. Create three run one. Red goblin creature tokens or creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste until end of turn. Entwine two in a red. Choose both of you to pay the entwine cost. In fact, that is basically a goblin. I just chose not to do it because if I have to choose one of those ability abilities, I will probably sandbag it to use the goblin pump ability. Uh, I guess it doesn't necessarily just pump uh, goblins, so that's pretty misleading. The pump ability. Um, and then Bogger shenanigans is two and a red for a tribal enchantment goblin. Whenever uh. Gob whenever another goblin you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may have Bogart shenanigans deal one damage to target player. And guess what? Bogart shenanigans works with Cranko, where X is number of goblins you control. It's an enchantment goblin. So that will make it even more. That's great. Uh, I have so many goblins in this deck, and they're just not really playable anywhere else. Honestly, when I built this, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many goblins. I went through about 400 goblins. And I, I ended up with kind of the medium of the bunch. I didn't go with the best goblins. I didn't go with the worst goblins. I probably should have gone with the worst goblins. But I just kind of... I don't know. I am going to have to figure out what another way to play all of these goblins are. And there are multiple um, goblin commanders. It's just going to be a little bit difficult. So, I have 58 goblins now. And as I have discussed in the past, I'm back to an issue I've had before. 
I'm just reading cards. I'm not really entertaining when I'm just reading cards. I don't know if I'm entertaining at all, honestly. But that's that's another issue. Um, so that's that's the thing. I have 58 cards and I'm trying to say every single one because I want me and the audience to have at the end of this challenge know every single card in magic. That just seems insane. I'm proving to you also as I go through it. And I just don't have a great solution to that. I can talk through why every single card is good, but it's really redundant. So I don't really have a solution to that. Uh, honestly, I don't know. So I'm just gonna do what I've been doing and just read it off because I, I want I want to know, I want you to know, and every single card. I mean, sometimes you have to make sacrifices for the goals that you want in life. Or, yeah. Uh, Aki Avalanchers. Aki Avalanchers is red for creature, goblin, warrior. Sacrifice a land. Aki Avalancher gets plus two, plus zero until end of turn. Play this ability only once each turn. Basically just red. For a 1-1 goblin, I mean, there's not much else. Uh, next up is Aki's, Aki Rock Speaker. Uh, two and a red for a 1-1 creature goblin shaman, shaman. When it comes into play, add red to your mana pool so I can play another goblin. Battle Squadron. Three red red for creature goblin. Battle Squadron's power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. So, I will have many, many creatures, and it has flying, so I can just smash people for a lot. That's great. And it's a goblin, too. Uh, Beetleback Chief is too red red for a 2-2 creature goblin warrior. When Beetleback Chief enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. Next up, we have Blood Crazed Goblin. Blood Crazed Goblin is a single red for a 2-2 Goblin. And it can't attack unless an opponent has been dealt damage this turn. I probably won't even be able to attack most of the time, but it's a Goblin, so who cares? Caterwauling Butter is 3 and a red for a 2-2 Creature Goblin Shaman. Each goblin you control can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Each elemental you control can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. That's good. Chancellor of the Forge. Chancellor of the Forge is four red red for creature giant. You may reveal this card from your opening hand. If you do at the beginning of your first upkeep, put a one one red goblin creature token with haste onto the battlefield. So, Yes, it is a giant, 5-5, five, five, and it's 7 mana, but at the beginning of my first upkeep, if I have it in my hand, I can just make a free goblin. That's basically why it's here. And also, when Chancellor of the Forge enters the battlefield, put X-1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield, where X is the number of creatures you control. Wow! And when it comes out, I can double it again. Plus hasty which is very nice 
Next is Cheering Fanatic. Cheering Fanatic is one in a red for 2-2 Creature Goblin. Whenever Cheering Fanatic attacks, choose a card name. Spells with the chosen name cost one less to cast this turn. While it does give your opponents a slight amount more information, it will most likely just save you some mana. Uh, it's fine. Click Slither is one red 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 for 3-3 three, three creature insect with haste. Sacrifice a goblin. Click Slither gets plus 2 plus 2 and gains trample until end of turn. This is just an, an, a way to pump out some additional damage. A goblin is usually 1 power and it gives it plus 2 plus 2. So, logically you're doubling the damage. And you will probably be able to kill your opponent, kill an opponent with that. So it is well worth sacrificing them. Plus, there are a couple of benefits I get from sacrificing it, such as Bogart shenanigans, which will simply deal a damage. Uh, next is Dragon Fodder. Dragon Fodder is one in red for sorcery. Create two one-one red goblins. Frenzied Goblin is red for one-one. Creature Goblin Berserker, and when it attacks, I may pay a red. If I do, target creature can't block this turn. Gem Palm Incinerator is 2 and a red for 2-1. And it has Goblin. So, yes, I could do that. Or I can cycle it for 1 and a red. Discard this card, draw a card. Whenever you cycle Gem Palm Incinerator, you may have it deal X damage to target creature, where X is the number of Goblins on the battlefield. So, technically it says... Sadly, it does say creature, but it is still really good removal, and I can draw a card from it. Goblin Bushwhacker. Goblin Bushwhacker is a red for creature goblin warrior. 1-1. One, one. Kicker. Red. You may pay an additional red as you cast a spell. And when Goblin Bushwhacker enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, creatures you control get plus 1 plus 0 and haste until end turn. So not only do the creatures that Cranko just made get haste, and... but... They also get plus one plus O, and all my other creatures get plus one plus O. So, this is a way to pump out a lot of damage. Goblin Chain Whirler is red, red, red for a 3 3 creature goblin warrior with first strike. And when Goblin Chain Whirler enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker they control. That is quite good. If an opponent has a token army, you can just completely annihilate it. That is really helpful. Uh, plus, there's there's a lot of niche scenarios that that could become really helpful. But mostly, it's just a goblin, which is nice, because goblins work very well in this deck, because Cranko just has such a broken ability. Cranko is one of those commanders that it doesn't really matter what the cards in the deck do. Just the fact that, it, that the, what the commander does is just so fundamentally broken that it doesn't matter what's in the deck, it's still gonna be playable. Next is Goblin Chieftain. One red red for creature goblin. Other creatures you control get plus one plus one and haste. Uh, goblin creatures, two two, and it has haste. Goblin Chirurgian is red for a seven for a goblin zero two red zero sacrifice a goblin to regenerate target creature uh next is goblin cohort goblin cohort is red for a two two and it can't attack a goblin 
and it can't attack unless you've cast a creature spell this turn. Goblin Crater Maker, one in a red, two, two. One, sacrifice Goblin Crater Maker, choose one. Goblin Crater Maker deals two damage to target creature or destroy target colorless non-land permanent. Goblin Gathering, two in a red, sorcery. Create two one-run red goblins. Goblin Instigator, one in a red. Creature Goblin Rogue, one, one. And when it enters, make another one, one. Goblins, both goblins. Goblin King. One in red, red, two, two, goblin. Other goblins get plus one, plus one, and have mountain walk. Goblin lookout, one, red, one, two. Sacrifice a goblin. All goblins get plus two, plus oh, until end of turn. Goblin pile driver, one, red, one, two, goblin. Protection from blue. Whenever goblin pile driver attacks, it gets plus two, plus oh, until end of turn for each other attacking goblin. Uh, Protection from blue is... Why did they make protection? So, blocked, targeted, dealt damage, or enchanted. Yay. Uh, next is Goblin Pyromancer. Three in a red. Th- two, two. Uh, goblin. When Goblin Pyromancer comes into play, all goblins get plus three, plus zero oh until end of turn. And at end of turn, destroy all goblins. It doesn't matter if all goblins die at end of turn if you win that turn if your opponents don't stop you. And if they do stop you, most likely you don't have any goblins either way. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, next is Goblin Rally. Goblin Rally is three red red for sorcery. Create four one one red goblins. Uh, goblin Ring Leader. Three red goblin. Two two haste. When it enters, look at the top four cards of your library. Put all goblin cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library. I'm probably going to get like two or three goblins this way it, it's quite good considering the number of goblins that i'm running in this deck next is goblin sledder goblin sledder is red for a one one goblin sacrifice a goblin target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn this is really good um not only can it just redistribute my stuff and not only does it help uh goblins die that would die in combat not really matter it also threat of activation is really nice and it also uh the threat of my goblins that i care about dying in combat also becomes much smaller next is goblin soothsayer red one one goblin tap red tap sacrifice goblin all red creatures get plus one plus one until end of turn yes the goblins cranko mix are red and yes almost all goblin tokens are red in fact, I think that would be all goblin tokens are red, but you'll have to check me on that. Or I guess Wart the Raid Mother's goblin tokens aren't red. Probably some other exceptions, but that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, but we are not running Wart the Raid Mother in this deck, nor could we legally. Well, yeah. Goblin Taskmaster is red for a creature goblin. One in a red target goblin gets plus one plus oh until end of turn and more red play you may play this creature face down as a two two creature for three turn it face up anytime for its morph cost it's just a way to pump up my goblins i have some extra mana i can just throw it in that plus (laughs) with brightstone ritual i get mana for all my goblins so yay more damage uh next we have Goblin Tinkerer. Goblin Tinkerer is one in a red for one two goblin. 
Red, tap, destroy target artifact. That artifact deals damage equal to its total ca casting cost to Goblin Tinkerer. So basically, you just go around destroying one, one drop, all the one drop artifacts until somebody plays something that needs to be destroyed. Then you sadly lose Goblin Tinkerer and it dies due to the due to taking the damage from the casting cost of the artifact that is worth destroying. Next is Goblin Trashmaster. Two red red, three three Goblin Warrior. Other goblins get plus one plus one and sack a goblin, destroy an artifact. Goblin Vandal, red, one one Goblin. Red, destroy target artifact. Destroy target artifact, defending player's control. Goblin Vandal deals no combat damage this turn. Use this ability only if gob Goblin Vandal is attacking and unblocked and only one once each turn. So if Goblin Vandal is unblocked before combat damage, uh, you can destroy, you can pay a red to destroy an artifact. It's quite strange. That's really weird wording. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to check the errata real quick. One second. What does the errata say? <sighs> Come on, load. Alright. Whenever Goblin uh, Vandal attacks and isn't blocked, you may pay red if you do destroy target artifact defending player controls and Goblin Vandal assigns no combat damages turn. So yeah, I was right. Uh, I was basically correct. Uh, Goblin Warchief is one red red for a creature Goblin Warrior. Goblin spells you cast cost one less to cast. Goblins have haste. Goblins you control. And it's 2-2. Two, two. Goblin War Driver is red red. 2-2 two, two Goblin. Battle Cry. Whenever this creature attacks, each other attacking creature gets plus one plus one plus zero until end of turn. Yeah, that just makes all my creatures bigger so they do more damage. Grenzo, Havoc Razor, red, red, for a legendary creature, Goblin Rogue, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, choose one. Go target creature that player controls, or exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, until end of turn you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. That's good. Um, it just gives me card draw, sort of, and I can goad my opponent's creatures. It's honestly a stretch to include it here, but I am anyways. So yeah, Horde of Boggarts is three and a red for a creature goblin. Horde of Boggarts power and toughness are each equal to the number of red permanents you control. And Horde of Boggarts can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. So menace. Uh, next up, we have Hordling Outburst. One red 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 for sorcery. Create three 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. Uh, Keeper of the Cookus. Cookus. Keeper of the Cookus is red for 1-1 one, one summon goblin. Red. Protection from red until end of turn. Cranko's Command. One red. Create two 1-1 one, one red goblins. Uh, create Chiron Chiron Legate. Chiron Lajati is one in a red for a 1-1 one, one creature goblin. If an opponent controls a plains and you control a mountain, you may pay, you may play Chiron Lajati without paying its mana cost, and it has haste. Uh, so it's basically free if an opponent controls a plains, which is uh, 
somewhat likely, I guess. Lava Fume Invoker is two and a red for a creature Goblin Shaman. Eight creatures you control get plus three, plus O oh until end of turn. Uh, Lava Step Raider is red for a creature Goblin Warrior. Two and a red. Lava Step Raider gets plus two, plus O oh until end of turn. It's one, two. Mog Conscript, one mana, two, two Goblin, and it can't attack unless you've sac unless you cast a creature this turn. Uh, Mog Fanatic, red for one, one creature Goblin, and you can sack it to deal one damage to a creature or player. Mog Raider is red, red for a Goblin. Sack a Goblin, target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Mog War Marshal is one in red for creature Goblin Warrior. 1-1, one, one, and it has, when it enters the battlefield or dies, put a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token onto the battlefield, and it has echo, 1 in red, at the beginning of your upkeep. If this came under your control since the beginning of your last upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay its echo cost. So either way, you're ending up with two goblins. The question is whether you want one of them to make a goblin when it dies, if you want, and if you want to pay two mana for that. Next is Mon Monzes. Goblin Raiders is red for a 1-1. Raging, go Raging Goblin, red for a 1-1 Haste Goblin. Uh, Reckless Bushwhacker is 2 and a red for a 2-1. And it has Surge. You may cast the spell for its Surge cost if you or a teammate has cast another spell this turn, and its Surge is 1 and red. Haste. Whenever Reckless Bushwhacker enters the battlefield, if its Surge cost was paid, other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain haste until end of turn. So you just cast another small spell, and then you play that. Which is really good, because the small spell will get haste. Reckless one is three and a red for a creature goblin avatar. Haste. Reckless one's power and toughness are each equal to the number of goblins on the battlefield. Yay, it has haste, so your opponents are going to have a hard time blocking it. And, of course... It counts as a goblin. Sensation Gorger. Sensation Gorger is one and a red for a 2-2 creature goblin shaman. And at the and it has kinship. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top card of your library. If it shares a creature type with Sensation Gorger, you may reveal it. If you do, each player discards his or her hand and draws four cards. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um I I mean draw discarding your hand and drawing four cards is i was thinking in the beginning isn't really that good in the stack each player does it but then i really thought about it and i was like i'm in mono red i have a lot of low drops my curve is pretty lean i'm working on an average cmc of get this 2.35 and i'm super vulnerable with like 60 creatures so for me, it's upside, and for most of my opponents, it's probably a downside. So, I think that this probably fits better into this deck than it would in some type of wheel deck. Plus, the logistics of, in a wheel deck, getting that to be on the top of my library would be, wouldn't work great. So, I put it in here. And also, a top of the library manipulation deck wouldn't really want to throw away their hand either, because they do such careful planning. So, I put it in here, thinking it would fit. 
Skirk File Marshal is three red red for two two creature goblin protection from red and tap five untapped goblins you control skirk fire marshal deals 10 damage to each creature and each player so yeah it's just a wrath that isn't playable anywhere else so i can run it skirk prospector is red for a one one goblin sack a goblin add red tin street dodger is red for a one one goblin and it has haste and it red it can't be blocked this turn by creatures except by creatures with defenders so basically unblockable except in like really corner case scenarios uh next is torch courier torch courier is red for one one creature goblin with haste and sacrifice torch courier another target creature gains haste until end of turn next is warren instigator Warren Instigator is red, red for a 1-1 with double strike. And whenever Warren Instigator deals combat damage to an opponent, you may put a goblin creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Just because of the fact that it deals damage twice, I kept it in here. Yeah, because I have such a low mana cost, it's probably not going to be super efficient, but it's a goblin, and I can put out lots of goblins really quickly. Yeah, so on turn 3... And on turn four, I can put out a total of four goblins. So that way I know for a fact that that by the time Krenko gets to tap, I will have been able to cast all of the goblins that I will ever have wanted to within that hand. Weaselback Redcap is red for a creature goblin knight. We one in red. Weaselback Redcap gets plus two plus zero until end of turn. And it's one one. Wily Goblin is red red for a 1-1. Whenever, when Wily Goblin enters the battlefield, create a colorless treasured artifact token, uh, and it has tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. All right, that is the deck. And that was my 20 minute rant of 58 goblins. That was fun. Um, Yeah, so those are the decks, and they are both tribal. Uh, I'm just gonna get into the collection statistics. That deck is pretty unpushed. I mean, I went with the medium goblin cards and thinking about it because Krenko himself is so pushed and because other goblin generals probably aren't gonna be so pushed, I probably should have gone a little bit more conservative. Or uh, not even conservativity, but what I did with my creatures, with my goblins, in choosing what exactly I was gonna I was gonna play, was I chose the ones that were middling. I should have chose the ones that were worse. But let's get into the collection statistics. So so far I have gotten 844 cards. That is, of course, as usual not counting lands uh, again this does include the uh the feather the sorry uh no spoilers edit that out that does include my placeholder episode which i will release if there is a week in which i cannot make an episode because i have a busy life and honestly, I'm not sure how I've been able to make it all so far. 
so at some point I'm not gonna be able to do it. So I just have that as a backup. I don't know, it's messing up my numbers. I might just want to include it anyway, to just put it in and not have a placeholder episode. And if I mess up, I simply mess up and there isn't an episode. Uh, I might make that decision. I don't think I will. I think I will save it. But that is for the future. All right, so let's get into the a little bit more statistics. We have an average, it's worth about $783 in, on TCG Player and $967 on Card Kingdom. So I might want to try and figure out what the average cost of a card in Magic is. But I, I don't know exactly how I would do that. So for now, I'm just going to live without that statistic. Uh, as of color balance, uh, I'm looking relatively even. Uh, a little bit low on multicolor. I have 125 colorless cards, 49 multicolor, 136 white, 105 blue, 161 black, 163 red, 105 green. So, I'm looking low on Simic, which is good, because, you know, Simic is boring. Yeah. Uh, Alright, uh, if we get into the card types, we have 542 creatures, 82 instants, uh, like, uh, 3 tribal, uh, 45 enchantments, 29 lands, which... I calculated that there, I figured out there are 1,000 lands, which is 120th, so I should have 40 lands. So I'm right on track, actually. Huh. And I have one Planeswalker, I believe? Yeah. 98 artifacts and 89 sorceries. So. That seems about right without checking the actual numbers. Uh, we are into the rarity now. So we have 388 commons, 254 commons, 183 rares, and 19 mythics. So I, I, I guess I'm still being conservative on average. I, that's one of the reasons that I want to figure out the average cost of a magic card to have another metric of my conservativity. Because rarity, let's be honest, isn't great. And intuition uh, isn't really that helpful because my intuition is built upon, my intuition is built upon making tons of decks. And most of those decks didn't have this type of restriction. They were built with quite limited restriction. So my average power level is so, so much higher because I'm always choosing the cream of the crop for which cards to include. Uh, I'm going to get into the, what are they called? The card of the week. All right. So the card of the week this week is Arcane Lighthouse slash detective, Detection Tower. So Arcane Lighthouse or De Desolation Tower. Arcane Lighthouse is a land, and you can tap it at a colorless, and one tap until end of turn, creatures your opponents control lose hexproof and shroud and can't have hexproof and shroud, or shroud. 
and detection tower is a land tap at Polis. One tap until end of turn, your opponents and creatures your opponents control with hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof. Okay, so what I did was I figured I did scryfall searches for hexproof and shroud, and I figured out the number of cards. Alright, so what you do is you go on EDA, you do a scryfall search for hexproof and trap. Uh, I'm just gonna work off of Arcane Lighthouse for now, and I'll explain why later. So you do uh, scryfall searches for e scryfall searches for hexproof and shroud. Then you go on start, and then you make it sort it by EDH rank. So then you take all the cards that are highest up and you base the accuracy so that it doesn't take thousand way too way too long to figure out the numbers you take the highest cards you add up their numbers of cards of decks that they are played in then you divide that and then you add in the numbers for the other cards but slightly less accurate like say you check the first card out of 10 and you check the last card out of 10 and there's one is a thousand and one is 500 you average out 750 and then you have 7500 decks so that way you can figure out less accurately with the cards that aren't played as much so what you do is you then take that number and you figure out how many cards there are on the EDH rec database. Right now that is 284,000 and you divide that. So that way you can figure out on average how much the how much a deck is playing. So I came up with 335,000 cards and one per deck. So that's going off of Arcane Lighthouse. If we go off of Detection Tower, which doesn't hit Shroud, but does hit opponent's cards uh that would be 200,000 uh that would be plus 10 if you care about target targeting opponents which is quite plus 10k i mean um which is quite insignificant honestly uh so we're still working on roughly one per day so that's a 14% chance that is before we factor in removal so that's a 42% chance because there's three opponents. So I then discovered using a similar method, I found a good list of creature removal. I did not do a scryfall search because there would be no good way to scryfall search that. And I found out that there's an average of 2.3 targeted removal creature cards, not counting wraths or counters. So on turn seven, uh, 14 cards likely, uh, it's a likely time for someone to try and win. There's a 66% chance you or any of two opponents will have drawn removal, which multiplied by the 42% chance that someone will have drawn something with hexproof or shroud counts as three opponents because three people will be drawing, one of them can get a threat and then the other three, the other three, including you, will have 
a 20%, 7%. So that comes out to be, sorry, we'll have a 42% chance. <sighs> So that's a 27% chance because of your three opponents there's a 42% chance that someone will have drawn something with hexproof and of two opponents and you there's a 66% chance that someone will have drawn removal so that means that there's a 27% chance that if perfect communication, the hexproof target is the best target, they played the hexproof target, or something is protection protected by it, such as like protection uh, for other creatures, and that art that arcane lighthouse will be helpful in killing a creature. And that's the better of the two, Arcane Lighthouse versus Detection Tower. Uh, if you're curious, it's roughly 1.5 times better, so... Basically, this just means there's a 27% chance that if all of these things go right, and the odds of them all going right is really low, if you think about it. So, if there's perfect communication, so, if you make it so that everybody knows that you have the Arcane Lighthouse, if nobody has removal for the, if, sorry, not if nobody, if the player that has it doesn't have like a strip mine or something, if there's perfect communication, the hexproof target is the best target because you don't know, like, the odds that you want to actually kill that, that that is the threat, aren't that high. And they played it. The fact, the, the thing of whether or not they actually played it. And having to hold up mana and stuff can be really damaging. At the end of the day, it helps you such a small amount. It just isn't really worth a slot. Like, sure, if, I mean, you could, you can argue, yeah, but there's no downside. But there, there is a downside. You're, you're not getting as good of fixing. It's a small downside, but, I don't know, uh, I think it's unplayable. I mean, the percentage of the time that it actually helps you is just nearly non-existent. Thanks for listening. You can find my personal architect at I'm a Johnny, A-J-O-H-N-N-Y. You can find my commander quest and with the link in the description below. You can find my commander quest account with the link in the description below or at commander quest. You can see the link to my collection statistics in the description and my website. You can also visit my YouTube channel commander's contingencies also there's a link in the description below i will also post any relevant links such as the decks that i went over 
or if there's any news, I will post links to my source or things that have more information. I will see you next week. Oh, there will also be time blocks to tell you what times certain things in the episode are happening.